Okay, so first of all, thank you. Thank you to anybody who reached out to me and shared either, you know, a piece of their heart or a piece of their story or just simply said like, I'm so proud of you or, you know, anything. I appreciate all of it, every single piece of it. Um, and you know, those of you who, who shared something with me, I am so incredibly thankful that you felt comfortable enough to do that and to, to share a piece of your story with me. And that's what I want you guys to have the courage to do. I want you to have the courage to stand up and say like, this is me. This is my story. This is who I am. And I'm not afraid of it. I'm not ashamed of it. And this is what I've learned. So I kind of left you guys last week at the point where I was going into soul cycle training. And so that's where we're going to pick up. Um, so this is all really about kind of, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of stress. <laughs> there's a lot of anxiety. And that's, you know, what, what I worked my way through and, really learning how beneficial it can be to take the high road. Um, so where, where I left you guys off last week was I was getting ready to go to soul cycle training. And, um, so I was, I was pissed. I was, I was pissed. And I, had to come back home halfway through because uh his little sister was getting married and I needed to be home for that. Um and when I came home I pretty much knew that's when I that's when I knew, not pretty much, no. There was no no doubt. I knew that my marriage was over. Um and then some things came out later, but we'll, we'll get there. So I went back to New York, finished. Um, I was in a state of sheer panic because I had no idea where I was going to be placed. I was originally supposed to go to Denver, which I've already told you guys all of that. Um, and so instead they, for one moment, wanted to send me to San Francisco or like San Jose. So like just a little bit South of San Fran. Um, I've said it before, San Jose is incredible, it's beautiful, it's stunning. The people, I mean the people, my gosh, are so nice. They remind me a lot of people from Dallas. Very welcome, very hospitable, the whole thing. Um it just wasn't it just wasn't my place. I just I just knew it wasn't home. Um so then I go to Palm Beach and my mom and I road trip down and <laughs> that was such a trip. And uh yeah, so that's that's where I found myself. Um as cheesy as that sounds, and that's really the place that I learned and I discovered that I need people. I have been so bad for my entire life about keeping people at an arm's length or further away. And now it was even worse because I did not trust the one person that was supposed to keep me safe and love me unconditionally for my entire life. He literally ripped my heart out and stomped on it. Um, so like, what was I supposed to do? Just like blindly trust people again? No, 
I became very jaded. I became very angry. I became very brash. And I mean, there's like, I I was pissed off. I, I was pissed off. Um, and that's not me. My, my parents noticed a change. My sister noticed a change. I just wasn't the same type of person that, that I had always been. I felt very hardened. I felt like I needed, like I, like I needed to be this, like, just tough, no bullshit kind of girl. Um, because that's the way, that's what I convinced myself was going to keep me from getting hurt in the future was just to trust people less. Um, and when I was in Palm beach, I cannot, I I really don't even have the words to, which is (laughs) bizarre, but, and kind of unfortunate for a podcast, but I like don't have the words to describe the kind of people that I've found myself are with in West Palm Beach. Um, these people had no idea who I was. They knew that I worked for SoulCycle, but they had no idea what my story was. They had no idea where I'd come from. Um, and I was actually working at the same time with Lululemon and also SoulCycle and the manager of Lululemon kind of knew like what my story was and, and all of that. And so she was, she was kind of up on it. Um, but the girls that worked there had no idea. And something that I've always struggled with ever since I was like in middle school is the ability to trust people enough to, to be really good friends with people. Um, I've always, I've always had friends, but I like, I just keep them at a certain distance because I've always been terrified that people are going to judge me for things like who isn't scared of that. Um, and it really, well, I mean this, and we're talking within like the last two years that I've had these like revelations that, People really don't. I mean, yes, people judge, but the right people don't. And the right people that are supposed to be in your life, they look at you and they see you as a whole person no matter what. Um, and this group of girls just really like took me under their wing. And a lot of them, honestly, were much younger than me. And they, they didn't see me as like a, a washed up divorcee. They saw me, oh gosh, they saw me as like a, like a, a person starting over. And one of the hardest things about going through a divorce is the fear of what people are going to look at you as and the fear that they're only going to see you as this one thing be like oh yeah that's Ellie she's divorced and I went to this place 
and they looked at me and they saw me as Ellie, the soul cycle instructor, or Ellie, the girl that just moved <laughs> from New York, or Ellie, the girl that, you know, is doesn't know anybody. It's like the word divorcee never came out of their mouths. And they loved me. They took me as I was with all of my sarcasm and they they accepted me. And slowly I started to, to open up. And I let people in on little parts of, of my life, of my journey. And they would look at me and say, like, okay, like what 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 do you what do you need? Do you need anything from us? Like, can we do anything for you? I'm like, who are you people? <laughs> like where what what did I do to deserve? such incredible people like this. You know, I'd been told for years that I was the source of all of his unhappiness. Basically, everything bad that could happen in his life was because of me. Like, why do these people want to be my friend? And, you know, I ended up getting separated and getting divorced when I was in West Palm Beach. Like it all, like it all happened when I was down there. And, uh, that's actually when I, when I told my parents. So I like, that's like, my parents had not a clue. I mean, they, they obviously like could tell something was up because he wasn't coming down to see me. I, well, part of my deal with going to Palm Beach was that I wasn't allowed to go home or I wasn't allowed to go to Dallas or really anywhere for that matter. Um, and that may have been a blessing in disguise because I wasn't allowed to be tempted to go home. Um, and so I, I, I literally had to be in this city with brand new people and rediscover who I was and what I wanted to do. And I was able to have fun and the most innocent, good, clean fun. And it felt so nice. And there was a moment and it was New Year's Eve I was walking back to my car and I got in my car and I sat there for like a solid five minutes. And I thought to myself, and this is, this is going to get real explicit for a second. So I thought to myself, I wasn't called a dumb bitch. I wasn't yelled at. I wasn't called a cunt. I wasn't called things that I did not deserve to be called ever. It was just, it was a night 
that was just fun. Nothing crazy, just fun. People who genuinely enjoyed life. They were not worried about the kind of car I drove or the clothes that I wore or how much money I made for a living. They were just concerned that I was having fun. And that was it. And that was the biggest light bulb moment for me that, you know, I need, I need to let people in. I just need to be more specific about, about who I let into my life that I don't, it does, it's not like a, a, a free-for-all, <laughs> but I also don't need to hold every single person at an arm's length because there are still incredibly good people in the world, people that want to be kind and people that want to be genuine and people who are happy. And those are the kind of people that I want to be around. And when I actually started to to open up and when I actually started to share bits and pieces of my life with them, it was like, <clears throat> it was like I was able to see myself in a way that other people saw me. And that once I was able to change my perspective on maybe my situation and instead of waking up and and saying oof you're 30 years old and you're divorced you're living in an airbnb you like you have no money like <laughs> and i was able to start looking at it as like hey you get the opportunity to start over you have a job and you have people who care. And then the last part of that is that you have a family who is literally helping you move out of a house when you live in a completely different time zone. Like, there's a lot of things to be thankful for. And it's all about perspective. And I've I've said it in class before that even when you're at your absolute lowest... You always have something to fight for, and it's yourself. And I, I really did. I had to. I had to remind myself that, like, this life that I am pursuing, like, it's something that I I would look at and tell myself in the mirror every single morning, like, I want this. I want this. I want this. And. You know, there's a lot of things that I could have done and been very shitty about. Um, All of our bills were in my name. I could have called and gotten the water turned off. I could have gotten, like, the the internet turned off. I, you know, there's a lot of things I could have done. And you bet your ass I wanted, I wanted to burn that house to the ground. But I didn't. Because what is that going to do? It's going to make me look like a crazy person. 
which Lord knows I don't need any help doing that. But I had to remind myself that there are going to be some things that I'm I'm going to have to fight for now that I won't get a payout until later. And those are some of the sweetest things that I that I enjoy in this moment that I had to bust ass for like a year ago. And I think the the biggest transformation moment was when I realized that I had settled for a love that was not what I needed. And as we get older and as we change and as we grow, we realize what's important to us and what we really need from a relationship. And I I need romance. I need not big grand gestures. I don't I don't need those kinds of things. And I I feel honestly I feel bad for the male population these days because with a world full of Instagram and these rooftop proposals and these helicopter rides, I'm like, that is not real. (laughs) I I mean, it might be for some people and like, that's an amazing gesture for them, but it's like, not every girl wants that. Not every girl needs that. And I had my eyes opened to I'm going to like uncontrollably cry I had my eyes opened to the kind of love that I not only deserve, but the kind of love that I dreamt about. And I cannot stress this enough that I think one of the biggest, most important lessons that I have learned over the last two years is that male, female, doesn't matter. The kind of love that you desire, the kind of love that you dream about exists. It's not always the romantic comedy, the, the, the love story. Like it's, it's the feeling. And the person... The person that will be willing to give that to you exists. You might have to wait. And you might have to put up with a lot of bullshit and date and, you know. Do not ever settle. 
if you don't get that indescribable feeling, like the the kind that when you talk about the other person, like all you can do is smile, that there are no words for you to describe how you feel, that's what you wait for. And I only, I can only say that because I experienced it. And that level of love can absolutely bring you out of any level of darkness, any level of sadness, to have a person truly care enough about you to pull you out of any situation just by knowing that they that they support you and just by knowing that they stand by your side like that that is worth waiting for without a doubt and I never got that feeling when I was married. Even even when it was good, I never got that feeling. And you know, the person that that you end up with, the person that you wait for, should constantly make you strive to be the best version of yourself. They should constantly push you and challenge you, ask you questions, and make you want to strive to be better. They, they will never make you feel inadequate. Never, ever. But they just leave you with this desire to want to be more, to want to do more. And they push you. And the other half of that that's very, very, very important is that, yes, they will make you want to do all of those things, and yes, they will give you those feelings, but there's also something that you should receive in return. And that that person... should move mountains. That if that person wants to be with you, they will do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to be with you. So there's two halves of the equation. And when both people give that, it can be the most beautiful, wonderful experience that we will ever feel in our entire lives. And no relationship is perfect. No marriage is perfect. No friendship is perfect. And I think you, it it starts with accepting that people are going to make mistakes and that, you know, there's, there's a reason why trust 
is so important. And we have to be aware that the things that we say to people can affect how they trust us. And whether whether or not that's just like in a friendship or it's in an actual relationship or a marriage, like, you know, one thing I firmly believe that, that humankind has, has lost within the last like 20 years is that words mean something that your word means something if you say something to somebody you better mean it and if you don't mean it don't say it like it's so simple but so effective and it's it's always going to be easier to take the low blow. It's always going to be easier to be mean and to make somebody feel as badly as you do. But what good is that going to do? Do you want to be known as the person that just makes other people feel bad? Or do you want to leave people feeling better than they did five minutes ago. So when people do shitty things and say shitty things, I mean, there is like a moment where you take a deep breath and you fix your face and you say like, is this moment worth it? Is this moment, the way that this person is making me feel, is it worth tearing down Everything else that I've ever done, the type of person that I am, is it worth what it is that I'm about to do or say? And what I found out is that, no, it's not usually worth it. You stand up tall and you say, I'm better than that. And I'm going to be better than that.